This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. Timothy Starr joins us. His latest book is Around Milton, a history of the Saratoga County town of Milton, published by Arcadia. How you doing, Timothy? I'm, I'm well this morning. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Tim Starr has written numerous books. He's written 15 books on Capital Region history, and I believe another topic or two thrown in. His books focus on railroads, inventions, and industries. You got the writing bug uh, early on. Your first book was written in high school. Can you talk about that book? Yes. I um, I was born in Danbury, Connecticut, but we moved up to um, Hebron, New York, which is in Washington County when I was around six. A very rur- um, rural area. Um, my, my high school in Granville was seven miles away. Um, so my brother and my friends basically had to make our own adventures. And in high school, I would kind of write down some of these stories and adventures that we we went on. And much later in life, um, I kind of put those stories together into a novel. I rewrote them, kind of dressed them up a little bit. And that was basically my first book. It was the only novel I've ever written. And uh, um, put that out in 2007. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Meatloaf Incident and Other Adventures. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, was, meat, Meatloaf Incident is is one of the um, stories in the book, and most of the other stories just kind of revolve around uh, going on adventures around the town there, up up the mountain, and um, around my relatives' farmhouse and things like that. I feel compelled to ask. I mean, is there a brief way to describe the meatloaf incident, or what what the story's about? It's um, yes. It was kind of a we we had some ate some tainted meatloaf, and there was it's 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 kind of a different story than some of the others. We had some tainted meatloaf, and we kind of got sick. But it was it was funny looking back. So that's kind <laughs> of like in the middle of the book to kind of have a respite from the bike riding adventures that we okay. had in the book. <laughs> so that was, that was the meatloaf incident. Yeah. But you went off to college and you uh, didn't pursue um, well writing as your line of work. What, what is your line of work? I'm mainly in finance. Um, I, I got a uh, bachelor's degree in accounting at Castleton State and an MBA. Um, but while I was at Castleton, I got a, also got a bachelor's degree in history I still haven't been able to find a way to make a good living in history, so unfortunately I have to do history on the side. But I've kind of been in the administrative management field of um, in the nonprofit area. Okay. Well, I think you raise a good good point there. It's hard to make a living in history. It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, especially books. You know, this day and age. You know, if I wrote some of these books 20 years ago, it would have been much easier. But in this day and age, you know, fewer people are reading books and so I kind of put these out just as a more as a service to the community and, you know, for my own enjoyment mm-hmm. more than a money-making endeavor. Well, getting to the, the book that we're going to mainly uh, talk about today, Around Milton, and what we're talking about is a town in uh, Saratoga County. Um, you lived there. I don't believe you live there anymore, but for some years. And uh, it said you noticed ruins around the town and started researching the town's history. What did you find? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history in Milton. I, I moved there out of, after college to be closer to the Capital District um, to commute, and there were just some 
strange ruins, especially along the banks of the Cadarosaurus Creek, which is um, locally known as the Cadaros Creek. There were looked like large mill sites, and I was just kind of curious about that. Um, I never really looked into it until one day I was out behind my house, and I came across in Rock City Falls, and I came across a what looked like a railroad bed right right in the middle of the woods. That just nothing else was around. There was just a um, um, an obvious railroad bed, and I knew mm-hmm. that Delaware and Hudson didn't come near there. So I went to the Brookside Museum and did some research and come to find out it was a trolley railroad, an electric trolley railroad that ran along the banks of the Cateros from Middle Grove to Balsam Spa and basically just served the mills along the creek. And it was very interesting because it was one of the few trolley railroads that was built in the country to mainly haul freight. It wasn't a it didn't get most of its revenue from passengers as other trolleys did. It was mainly hauling freight for the mills, the paper mills along the creek. And that kind of got me started on a book about the trolley railroad. Really? That, that's very interesting, uh, especially about the fact that it, it hauled uh, goods instead of people. Yes. Yeah, there are many pictures of it hauling six or seven freight cars, which is very unusual. You look at any trolley picture in the country and you just see a trolley packed with people and nothing behind it. And our in Milton, you see a lot of freight cars mm-hmm. um, and n- near mills. So each each mill had its own uh, spur track. It had um, loading docks. And if it wasn't for uh, the trolley, those mills would have closed down many years earlier than they had in in the in the 1920s. What is the title of the book where you talk about this uh, trolley railroad? Um, it, the very first iteration was Lost Railroads of the Cateros Valley. I kind of named it that because the railroad had a, a rocky um, history and it had three different names. It was, it was the same tracks, a lot of times the same management, but uh, three different names. Um, then I, when I issued a second edition, it was just called the Boston Terminal Railroad and its successors. Mm-hmm. The Boston Terminal Railroad. Uh, yes. in, in your research on that, uh, you know, since other trolley lines didn't do it, is there any uh, answer to the question, why did they? I mean, why didn't they have just like a regular railroad with uh, steam-driven or, or diesel railroad or something like that? Yeah, there were a lot of different reasons at the time. Um, they did want to take passengers. It was cheaper to build. Um, the tracks were, um, you know, just it didn't have to be up to a certain um, standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much cleaner, so the you know the, it, you didn't have a steam locomotive kind of going through these communities, because the railroad was 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 basically going right through a a company town, and it was going right by houses and um, you know schools and and so on. So it just for a lot of different reasons, they just decided to do a trolley railroad. After doing the piece on the on the trolley railroad. Uh, you, you did turn to the industries, correct, that, that, that are, were there in the town of Milton or in that yeah. part of the world? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, today you kind of think of industry and you think of, if, if, you know, if you're researching history for the capital region, you're thinking Troy with the, the shirt and collars, um, Cohoes with the knitting industry. But back in the early 1800s, mid-1800s, uh, Milton was actually a manufacturing center. It had the Cateros Creek, which was a very, almost perfectly created to situate industry. You know, everything, 
at that time was run by water power. So you had to have a water wheel to power the engines that ran the machinery. Mm-hmm. And the Kateros had many twists and turns, many falls in elevation, and it was one of the primary locations for industry back at that time. Even the Hudson wasn't made well for industry. You couldn't dam the Hudson and, and create uh, um, power out of it. Um, so Milton was back basically the manufacturing center of Saratoga County, other than Waterford. And so there were a lot of different industries. There was a very large paper mill industry. There were 10 paper mills just along the Cateros Creek. Uh, there was a hard-edged tool factory. There was a large tannery, the largest in the county, probably one of the lar- largest in the area, um, and just other various industries that all took advantage of that creek. So I wrote another book, basically a companion book to the railroad called Lost Industries of the Cateros Valley. Um, they were both released in 2007, which coincided with Balsam Spa's bicentennial anniversary. And perhaps we should mention, if I understand correctly, Balston Spa is a village in the town of Milton. <clears throat> Correct. It's the only incorporated village in Milton. Okay. There are other hamlets, you would call them, um, Rock City Falls, Factory Village, Bloodville, Cranesville, Milton Center. These were all hamlets that kind of grew up around industry which were near the creek. Mm-hmm. So all the major hamlets were near the creek. There was one hamlet called Rollins Hollow that was along Rollins Hollow Creek, but all, everything else was along the Cateros. So after the book on the, the trolley line and uh, the industries and so forth, you got interested in inventions, things that were invented uh, in Saratoga County? Yeah, it was quite interesting because some of the factories that operated in Balsam Spa, as well as around the county, um, got their start from people who just came up with inventions. They would come up with an invention for, you know, making improved, you know, um, socks or clothing or paper machines, um, hard-edge tools, and that those inventions really kept the business going beyond the, the normal lifespan of a business because they had a competitive advantage over others who were, do, who were doing the same thing. And I just thought that was very interesting. There were hundreds and hundreds of patents issued in the 1800s just in Boston Spa, um, which, was, which was rare because <clears throat> at that time, pat, you know, it was, it was kind of difficult to get a patent. It was very expensive. It was you know, the equivalent of about $5,000 um, today in today's money. So it wasn't like everyone was just running out to get a patent. There were few and far between, but um, Balsam Spa and you know Saratoga Springs had more than their fair share of patents. And these directly, many of these from Balsam Spa in particular, directly contributed to the success of the industries. Mm-hmm. By now, you're living in Milton. Uh, by now, I mean uh, the, the 2000s, if you will. Yes, I was. I was. Um, I, I moved to Milton in 1997. Um, I was in the in kind of Milton Center. Uh, moved to Rock City Falls. I was there till uh, 2013. Um, I only moved to um, Glenville recently just to be closer to work. But mm-hmm. I most of my history books center around the town of Milton in Saratoga County. And since we're kind of following your life and this really remarkable output of uh, 15 history books uh, so far. Uh, you, you note that uh, you, your daughter 
Morgan was born in 2007, and that, of course, slowed down your historical output, but you eventually got back to it? Yes. Um, for a couple of years, you know, she was, uh, she required a lot of my time, uh, so I kind of had a hiatus for a while. Um, but then I kind of, when she was around two or three, I started, you know, getting back into some of the details of the history. I, I had, I was still accumulating data even while I was taking care of her. Um, so I kind of accumulated data on George West, the paper bag king, Isaiah Blood, who ran the hard edge tool factories along the creek, and just kind of started putting that information together in, in a series of books. Mm -hmm. The um, paper bag king, George West. Paper bags were, were quite a, uh, whatever, an achievement, right? I know that in Montgomery County, which I'm more familiar with, up in Canada, Harry, there was a, a paper bag maker. I think his name was Arkell, who yes. was so well known. Yes, he uh, he was actually one of George West's partners in a paper bag trust, they called. Um, it was, well, <laughs> back when they first created it, it was kind of a, a, a paper bag um, company that just bought patents. Um, so basically, West, Arkell, and a few others, there are only a few manufacturers in the country who manufacture paper bags. They kind of put money into this company um, whose sole purpose was to buy up all the patents that came out about paper bags. And so they basically had access to all of the latest technology, the latest innovations. They divvied up the entire country to, so they weren't competing with each other. So George West had the New York City and upstate New York area. Um, the others had divvied up the country, and they basically had cornered the market on paper bags. And George West was just making millions of them every month out of his factories in the town of Milton along the Cateros Creek. He had a, a mansion in Boston Spa, um, a mansion in Rock City Falls, which still stands today as the mansion inn. And he just, he was the wealthy, one of the wealthiest people in Saratoga County for, for many years. But that company's gone now. Yes, it's long gone. It, um, when he retired, he sold out to the Union Bag and Paper Company, which was, which was then formally known as, as the Paper Bag Trust. Um, that company owned something like 90, 90 or 95% of all paper bags in the country. Hmm. Um, but even that, they, they own international paper, um, and, and, and companies like that, um, <clears throat> eventually, you know, all the small industries along creeks and out in the rural areas all um, folded. They just couldn't compete with the new, you know, electric-powered um, factories in, in located in urban centers. And the, how about the scythe and axe manufacturer, uh, Isaiah Blood? Uh, where, where was his factory located, and uh, oh, and how, how did it come to be? And uh, again, I presume it's uh, no longer in existence. Yes, he um, his father started a very small size uh, factory in Boston, uh, the town of Boston. <clears throat> Isaiah Blood kind of took over that that company and moved it to Boston Spa, just north of the village, um, in what would later became known as Bloodville along the creek, the Cateros Creek. Um, it grew in size over his lifetime. He, he basically started, I think, in 1837. And throughout the mid-1800s, it kind of grew in size. He added axes, um, hatchets, any kind of hard-edge tools, which are 
he kind of manufactured so many that they are still plentiful on eBay. If you go and type in blood axe or blood scythe, you'll always see one for sale. Um, it was a very successful business, unfortunately, right around the time that the railroad was being built, the Boston Terminal Railroad. Um, Isaiah Blood had passed away years earlier. His son-in-law took over, and it, there, there was a, a, a series of fires that burned down both the axe works and the scythe works, completely destroyed and were never rebuilt. Mm. And I presume that uh, this story and the, the paper bag a story is uh, in your uh, book about um, industries in uh, along the Cateros. You said was that was the name of it. I'm sort of searching for it here. Yes, yeah, it's called Lost Industries of the Cateros Valley. Um, both of them are, are in that book, and I also wrote separate biographies about George West and Isaiah Blood. Mm -hmm. They were kind of um, they were self-published, limited run. They're no longer available, but um, you know, I had I just had a lot of enjoyment I actually uh, writing them. I, I um, met uh, Tim Maybe, who is one of George West's um, he's great, great, great grandson, I want to say, um, who helped me a lot with his biography. Well, that's interesting in, because... He lives in Greenfield. The, okay, the Maybe name is well known in Schenectady County. The Maybe Farm is one of the oldest uh, buildings built by Europeans here. It's, it's one of the two uh, headquarters of the Schenectady County Historical Society. Maybe yes. they're not related, or I, I just don't know. I don't think they're related. Um, Tim, maybe um, he's related through uh, his. He got his name through marriage uh, um, <clears throat> to the West family. Mm -hmm. The West family kind of died out. His his sons um, didn't live long. Um, <clears throat> George West Jr. did have a son, but he didn't have progeny. So the West name is extinct from this area, and so it's just the maybes that live on. We're, talk we're talking with Tim Starr, who's the author of 15 history books, uh, many of them about Saratoga County and many of them about the town of Milton. And I, I started off making reference to your book, which is just out, uh, published by Arcadia History Press, uh, called Around Milton. Can you tell us about the, that book? Yeah, it was a book that I originally began back in 2008, believe it or not. There were a lot of uh, most of the towns already had an Arcadia book. It's called the um, Images of America series. Mm -hmm. For some reason, even though Milton was very important in its day, it, um, to come up with 180 high-quality publisher images was very difficult. No one had um, any success in it. Um, I had access to two of the largest collections um, in existence, and I made a try for it in 2008. Unfortunately, even I didn't have enough pictures back then. So they contacted me again last year and said, you know, we've, we've, it's kind of getting ridiculous now that Milton is the only town in Saratoga County that doesn't have this kind of book. We've asked around and everyone kind of leads us back to you. They kind of say, well, Tim Starr has the largest collection because he had access to the Brookside collection and Chris Morley, who was the village historian. And they just said, let's give it one more go. So I kind of made my rounds um, th throughout the town, historian offices, came up with about 20 more good pictures, and <clears throat> was finally able to get it published last year, mm, late last very year. Very good. Now, one, one question, uh, again, I'm 
it occurs to me now, although it's an obvious obvious one, why is Milton named Milton? It's believed that it was a contraction of Milltown. Okay. Just because it had more mills than any other region um, in this area back in the very early 1800s. Um, it had um, a very large um, um, grain, um, I'm sorry, a grain mill, um, a, a woolen mill that were mm -hmm. significant for their time. They were not just supplying uh, um, goods to the local area, but exporting them, which was which is rare for that time period. Normally, there were sawmills and grist mills that just supplied the very local population, and these were exporting mills. And so they named it Milltown. That, that's the belief. I don't know that there, there's any proof of that, but. That's the common consensus of where it got its name. Yeah, I suppose the other option could be its name for somebody named Milton. In fact, didn't I see a yeah. line somewhere that said there was some thought that maybe it was named for the uh, great English poet John Milton? I had seen that referenced, um, but I've, I haven't come up with any proof of that. I've, I've looked back in newspaper articles dating back to the early 1800s and never saw any reference to John Milton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now... <clears throat> You, you uh, referenced the mills. It, it seems that Mil Milton has had several lives, you know, economically. There were the mills, but there's also been tourism based on the uh, mineral springs that are there. Well, that's how it got its start. There was a surveying party back in the late 1700s that kind of <clears throat> stumbled upon a mineral spring that the Indians had you know, they, it was kind of like the discovery. They didn't actually discover it. The Indians discovered it. Um, for that time period, mineral springs were very rare. They were considered medicinal. People believed that they were they cured many diseases. There were very few in this country. There were a couple, you know, there were a few in Europe, but very, very few in this country. So it kind of got, for, for people who were seeking the healing powers of the mineral springs, Balsam Spa was well known throughout the country. And very early on, they developed that spring uh, called the Iron Railing Spring and some hotels around it. And for a good 20, 25 years, Balsam Spa was kind of the, the tourist destination that people would go to to get um, these, these healing waters mm -hmm. um, during, during the summer months. It was, it was one of the largest tourist destinations in the country. And there was a major hotel, probably there was more than one hotel, but I gather one of the best was the San Susi Hotel? Yes, it was one of the largest in the country. Some say it was the largest. I don't, I don't believe it was quite the largest. It was one of the largest, mm -hmm. particularly for an area, you know, like Boston Spa, which had a very small uh, permanent population. It was only a couple thousand people who permanently lived here. But the San Susi, um, it had room for 250 guests. Um, it was built by Nicholas Lau, who was a very large landowner in New York City, who purchased land, a great deal of land, um, in the town of Milton and developed Balsam. He was kind of the um, father of Balsam Spa, if you will. He kind of was the uh, impetus for establishing it as the, the county seat. Um, he established roads. Um, that kind of centered around the San Susi Hotel. He had another hotel called the McMaster House. 
and just kind of built it up as a tourist destination. And, you know, for a good 20, 25 years, all of the most prominent people, I mean, the, 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 the list of names of people who went to the San Susi was pretty impressive. It was, you know, former presidents. Um, it was Daniel Webster, Henry Clay, Martin Van Buren, James Fenimore Cooper, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, Joseph Bonaparte, who was the ex-king of Spain, um, spent an entire summer at the San Susi. And mm. so all these names are on their, a guest book that still exists um, for the San Susi. And was the San Susi located in what today we would regard as Boston Spa, or was it elsewhere in the town? It was right in downtown Boston Spa. It's, it's on, it was on um, present-day Front Street and Milton Avenue, where there is currently a drugstore, and across the street is the post office. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, ho- the, the roads were in relation to the San Susi. So San Susi, the front of San Susi became Front Street, and um, Spring Street and Bath Street kind of were, were created after the hotel um, that pertained to like the baths and the springs around mm-hmm. the hotel. But when was, so at one time, would you say Boston Spa rivaled Saratoga Springs? I mean, Saratoga Springs remains as, as a resort town, you know, not for the waters uh, so much anymore as the horses. Yes, Boston Spa was the tur- a tourist destination before Saratoga, basically. Um, Boston Spa had the, it was the first um, discovery of Mineral Springs. Um, people would come to Boston Spa and that's where they would stay. They wouldn't go north to, to Saratoga. There was no railroad at the time. Um, the, the springs really weren't developed in Saratoga. It was only after the 1920s and 30s when the springs in Boston failed and the Saratoga Springs, at the exact same time, were developed, and they discovered dozens of them that kind of um, overshadowed Boston. Um, the railroad was built in 1832 that went right through Boston Spa to Saratoga, and that's when Saratoga became a tourist destination for its mineral waters. And mm-hmm. Boston kind of had to rethink how to make a living at that point. And is it true that in uh, Milton today, in terms of what draws people to live there now, uh, there's um, a government presence. Uh, the U.S. Navy uh, sailors are, are trained there in, in nuclear technology, right? Yes. In the 1950s, they, um, the U.S. Navy built a very large naval base there. It's a, it's a, if, you, if you went there, there's a gigantic sphere that's filled with water that... Um, supposedly has, I, I believe, has a submarine in it, and they use that to test um, um, propulsion systems and train sailors in how to operate a nuclear submarine. And there's also, you know, the fact that GE is, is, is not far from Milton. Um, thousands of people remained in Milton and commuted to GE, um, commuted to the Capital District. So it's, it's just a nice residential bedroom community that has access to larger employment areas. The new book is called Around Milton, published by Tim Starr. It's uh, it's published by Arcadia, correct, or Arcadia History Press? Yes, the, um, the History Press was, um, I published a few books through History Press. Arcadia um, absorbed History Press, so now it's Arcadia, um, and they, they are the ones that published Around Milton. And Tim Starr has many other books. In fact, his uh, total book output so far is 15. Hope you start working on a new one soon. You think you will? 
Yes, I'm actually um, finishing up a, a book called Lost Industries of Albany County, which I hope to publish this year. Well, it's uh, really been a, a pleasure talking with you uh, and an honor. I mean, because I've written a few books for History Press, but only three, <laughs> a relative piker compared to uh, Tim <laughs> Starr. So uh, good luck to you in, in continuing in your uh, career as a historical researcher and writer. And I also would note that unlike me, you've got all this stuff really organized at your house, I believe. Yes, I have everything digitized. I have about 7,000 digital pictures, um, several thousand newspaper articles, all digitized, so it's easy to get to. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim Starr and his latest book, Around Milton, look him up on Amazon. You'll find uh, information on some of his other books as well. You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.